Welcome to episode 68 of Closer Mentality. I'm your host, Julia Mellet. Imagine a sport in which deciding who advances to the world stage is determined by three inches. The difference between second and third is not just a medal or platform position. It's continued competition at world championships. Today's guest, Zach Harding, doesn't have to imagine. His swimming career has been a perfect example of the millimeter difference between first place and out of luck and he had to carve out his path alone. Harding's parents are what he refers to as, quote, leisure swimmers. He got into the sport at age seven after his family went on a snorkeling trip, and a young Harding didn't want to get out of the water. When I was five, we were living in Guam for a summer, a couple months or so, and my parents liked to go uh, scuba diving, and so they kind of brought me with them and took me snorkeling, and so they uh, that was a kind of fun activity, you know, like, look, little fish, or um, remember we're, we're diving, or not, we're, we're snorkeling, and Gab Gab was the name of the, the place that we like to go, and I would just kind of run around, and I'd hang out and eat hot dogs and stuff, because uh, that's what you took to some of the fish, was the hot dogs, they they loved that, so I always kind of loved that, and then when we moved back to the States, we moved back to uh, Alabama, and my mom's like, he loves to swim, he, she saw an article of this the swim team, the Mass and Dolphins were one, like, they're they were on a, a hot streak. I don't, I don't know if it's been broken to this day. I don't know, uh, but she's like, let's try them out for that. So all I knew how to do was like, kind of putter around underwater. I love doing it. So she tried me try out, and they took me on the developmental team. And then by the end of that summer, I was scoring points for the team, and I've been swimming ever since. By the time he graduated from Bob Jones High School, Harding was the number one prospect in the entire state of Alabama. He was named to the USA Junior National Team and finished fifth in the 200-meter butterfly in Singapore. It was a finish that he was less than excited about. I was, I was with a coach in the warm-down pool, and there's there's a clock, and it's just kind of the, the pace clock's running around. And I think it was on like the 10-second mark, and I was like, all right, when it gets to the top, I'm gonna be as negative as I can until the top, and then after that, I'm, gonna, I'm like, we are fifth right now in the junior world, so we'll be happy about that. But until the top, I'm going to be as negative as I can, get everything out. And so he's like, all right, lay it on me. And so I just used him was like, my turn sucked. My breakout was trash. I swallowed water. My time, well, I don't even know what my time was. And it's like everything I hated about the race. And and then like once it got to the top, like to this day, like I don't look back and be like, oh, yeah, that time kind of sucked. Like my breakout was like, I just, it's Got, I threw that away and was like, oh, we got fifth there. I'm like, those different experience, like racing those guys. And I still race those guys. I made friends from that meet that I'm still friends with today that I get to see when I go on these big international trips. And it works because it's like, you, you got to really let it go. You can't just be like, I wish my breakout would have been better. No, you got to freaking let it rip. Like tear into yourself for that. You got to set a finite amount of time. Like you could change it to an hour or whatever, but I just needed 50 seconds to get it off my chest and have somebody there that would like be able to just like be a wall and just like let my negative uh, thoughts just kind of like bounce off of and stuff. And then it was like, once the top hit, I'm like, all right, I'm like, hey, we're fifth in the world. Like, that's pretty freaking good. He was the 16th best swimmer in the world under 18 years old. There was no question that he would go Division One. University of Louisville swim coach Arthur Albiro became just the person Harding needed. When I get a call from from my man, Arthur, and uh, we talked for like an hour, hour and a half or so. He's like, all right, let's talk next week. And I was like, okay, because they can only call you once a week. And next week comes and 
they calls and the next week they had uh, one of the other coaches call so I could get to know not just the head coach but some of the the, the rest of the staff and uh, they got me up on a visit and they were my first visit so I didn't really know what I was looking for uh, the next week I took the ACT the next week I went to Virginia Tech and then I went to NC State my last weekend and I'm going into it I was probably a little bit more biased towards NC State and then I came home on a Sunday. I drove back up to Louisville on Wednesday, and I was like, I think that's where I want to go. As soon as I got to campus, I was like, this is it. This feels like home. And then uh, committed on that unofficial trip on Wednesday. That was it. We were in the parking lot behind the pool, and it's not anything like super pretty or like, wow, razzling, dazzling. Like, the parking lot behind the pool, and like there's train tracks, and then it goes over, and you can see the rest of campus and, and our, uh, our, our bell tower and our student activity center. But I was like, just like, right there, I'm like, this is home. And there was like no change in my mind after that. His freshman season, Harding made himself into an irreplaceable 200-meter fly asset to the Cardinals. His season concluded with a silver at the ACC championship. He added a seventh-place finish at the U.S. Olympic Team Trials 200-meter fly race to a season that would earn him true freshman All-ACC honors. It was on that pool deck in Omaha, Nebraska, that Harding would begin to cement his legacy as a consummate 200-meter fly contender. He was the first Louisville male swimmer to ever qualify for the finals of any event at the USA Swimming Olympic Trials, and the 18-year-old celebrated by letting go of the pressure in a way that made headlines. He dressed up like Batman. There's eight guys in the heat. Of the eight, one of them was Michael Phelps. Um, and of the eight, six went on to be uh, go on to those that 2016 Olympics, whether in that event or some other event. Uh, so it's just me and one other guy that ended up making the team uh, last year. Uh, so we kind of made it together. Uh, not he didn't make it in the two five, but he made it in some other event. Um, but that's a kind of really big high pressure moment for I think I was 18 for an 18 year old uh, that's kind of in like gear in their entire life and make made every big major life decision where we go to college um, and how we do things. Um, around this whole goal and dream. And not a whole bunch of people get the opportunity to make their dream uh, a goal. And I feel like they kind of get told as they grow up, they're like, that's not how the world works or that's too hard. There's no, like, you're not going to get paid if you do that or whatever people get told. Um, and I was like, I didn't want to ruin or miss that opportunity because not everyone gets that. And so that was really big to me. And so Again, a lot of pressure here. Like we're talking about like racing Michael Phelps for a spot on the Olympic team. Like I watched him in 08 and 12 and like idolized him. And like, when you start racing these guys, you can't idolize them anymore because they're your competitors. You can respect and look up to, but you can't like put them on a pedestal of unbeatable anymore. Cause otherwise you might not even, don't even step up on the blocks. You've already lost. I ran it by the coach first. Cause I didn't want to like represent the university in a bad way. So I did get, I got it cleared and he said it. If you're going to wear that, then you have to deliver. You can't wear that and suck. It's like those, you can't. It's just not, you can't, don't do that to yourself. Don't do that to us. And I was like, all right, I'm not, I'm not planning on sucking here. Like we have a great swim. We could make the Olympic team. So I put, put on the Batman onesie and it was a way for me to go around and like circumvent all of the nerves associated with racing for a spot at the Olympic, at the Olympics. And so uh, I was just focused on being Batman. And by the time that I took off my onesie and stepped up on the blocks, I didn't have time to think like, oh, crap, like I'm racing Phelps for a spot on the Olympic team and all these other guys that were all established national teamers and everybody, they all knew each other. And then there's like me in a Batman suit. Um, 
So being able to go around all those nerves as an 18 year old who wasn't, didn't really have the experience uh, to handle that was really big. When swimming great Michael Phelps retired in 2016, it seemed as though Harding would be the incumbent 200 meter fly American force. Sophomore year at Louisville, he reprised his role with a silver medal in the ACC Championships 200 meter and added an additional silver in the 800 meter fly relay. This particular 800-meter relay set a school record and helped the Cardinals win the team silver at the conference championship. At NCAAs, Harding notched the UofL school record 200-meter fly appearance. He placed 11th, but his time of 141.65 etched his name into the Louisville record books a second time. He also qualified for the 2017 World University Games in Taiwan. Once there, he would get to the semifinals in both the 100 and 200 meter flies and swim a leg of the 4x100 freestyle and medley races, both of which earned gold medals. His career was exploding by 2018. The ACC championship crowd got to watch him win gold in the 200 meter medley relay, fourth place in the 200 meter fly, and sixth in the 100 fly. At NCAAs, Harding qualified for finals in both of his individual events. A second-place finish at the Phillips 66 National Championships 200-meter fly event qualified him for his first trip to Tokyo, the Pan Pacific Championships. His first appearance swimming for Team USA A-Team couldn't have gone better. His time of 155.01 became a personal best and earned him a bronze medal on the world stage. I'd never like made a team and then gone to whatever international meet uh, overseas and, sw and swam well at that meet. And so uh, this was the first time, it was very vindicating that like, it was the first time I made a team, swam really fast to do that, and then went over there and replicated that performance and swam just, actually I went faster. So that was even better. It was like a cherry on top. On top of that, they gave me a medal for it. It was like, awesome. Um, because the US is really good at swimming. If, uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, this is kind of like a historic thing. And when you make a team, it's kind of like, you're probably in pretty good metal contention already. So being able to like bring one home was uh, was awesome. And when you stand up on the podium, they play the winner's national anthem, but then second and third place get their flag raised with it. So it was like, I got to get the flag raised and that was a really cool experience. Um, but also that qualified me for the Worlds in 2019. So it's kind of like a snowball effect there. His focus, looking ahead to potentially a second swim-induced trip to Japan, became back-end speed. It's an area of the 200 meter that his process is now synonymous with. Spacing and timing his exact movements is actually a part of his success that he attributes to his background in engineering. Harding earned his bachelor's degree in mechanical engineering and his master's in engineering management from UofL. He says that he visualizes himself as a cause-and-effect mechanism speeding through the water. If you're short on your kickouts, then you're either going to be long. You might be either long or you might have to take an extra stroke into that next wall. And if you don't end up timing that, then that's another chain reaction of events because you can lose speed going into that. And then that might make your next kickout even worse, which makes that next wall even worse. So it just kind of like gradually goes down. Um, so that's kind of one way. And then the other way is like when I'm at practice, I'm like, I got four fifties to my race. So if I'm doing a set of four fast fifties, Kind of makes sense for me to do one at the first 50, kind of nice and easy. The second one builds a little bit. Third one's strong and the last one's fast. Like, there's like really super strong and like just kind of like building it like that. Not that the first one's slow, 
it's just like the kind of effort level that I'm trying to put in to like mimic the race. And it's like, okay, well, if I want to be able to do these things in the race, then I need to do these things right here or do these things plus like a plus some. If I want to hold six kicks in a race, then maybe I need to hold seven or eight at practice because then what's holding six or four walls. So um, that's kind of like how we kind of think through things. There's a cliff in the 200. It's kind of how I like to describe it is you can go out so fast. And if you, you near this cliff and as soon as you jump off the cliff, then you kind of, you kind of die. That's kind of how swimmers describe it. That's when you're, the last 50 can be very painful if you don't do it right. So if you take it out too fast and you have to pay for it later. So that's why I always like to, to save up for that last hundred because then that 50 is just, I'm, I'm flying by everybody who's, who's hurting and, and, and fading away. So that's where I make up that ground, but there's numbers game. So it's, you can only come back so fast. So now we're trying to push the front and also kind of maintain that back end speed. So we're just trying to go faster in general, I guess. Harding's last season with the Cardinals, he qualified for his first individual NCAA A final, finishing sixth in the 200 meter free with a personal best of 132.24 and All-American honors. He also swam as part of the All-American 200 meter medley, 400 meter medley, 400 meter free, and 800 meter medleys. He also held school record splits in the 200 and 400 medley relays, and the 400 and 800 free relays. On the horizon and looming large was qualification for Tokyo 2020. Harding was at the top of his game, traveling the world with the International Swimming League. Then COVID-19 hit, and fatigue finally caught up to the top-tier swimmer. Because it, it would get to the point, basically, is how the week would start. I'd be like, Sunday would come, I'm like, all right, I'm going to go to every practice this week. And like, okay, yeah. Then Monday comes and I hate, I'd hate, if I hated Monday set, I'd skip Monday afternoon. I'd just be like, I'm not coming. Screw that. Don't want any part of it. And so like very quickly added up to me just kind of coming whenever I wanted. Worlds was postponed and the Olympics were moved. Harding's goals, which seemed so close, moved further away. Since June of 2020 until the end of 2020, December 31st, I think I was home a total of Ooh, I'd count it up. I think it was eight weeks total. Um, it's not very much. So of the six months, I was basically here for two. Um, and they were kind of spread out. And I always love to travel and go different places. But living out of a suitcase and coming home for like two weeks just to have to pack those same two suitcases and, and go again for another four or five at a time uh, for the ISL um, was kind of took its toll. And so towards the end of December and I was like I was just done with trips and I still had like three left and I was like I don't I don't want to go like I just want to like put the suitcases away and be done and never look at a suitcase again and so like that's kind of when I started noticing like fatigue like it felt like every big major part of my life had some sort of fire going on in it and so normally when that happens and where I get stressed out like normally my place I go is to practice and I'll practice and that's my my safe space and I can just focus on being at practice but then with the whole world's thing getting postponed and canceled, that was no longer a place I could go to because now like, I hated going to it. And so it got, I got constantly bumped heads with, with my coach. Um, and I'm like, I don't want to do this. There's one time I was, I didn't say anything during practice because the saying is, if you don't have anything nice, don't say it. But then we finished the set and I was like, you happy now? Pretty sure, yeah. I was like, you happy now? Like, that's what we did? Like, you happy? Hmm. I was like, that was stupid. Like that did not work on what we need to work on. And 
I think that's pretty much verbatim what I said. And uh, we both agreed that I should take that afternoon off. <laughs> um, to, one, for probably for me to cool off, and two, because I wasn't very, I was kind of toxic to be around for the other swimmers. I, I feel bad for them too. Like, I knew I was kind of being uh, a poopoo butthole about everything, and there was not much I could really do about it. Uh, but I noticed it was really bad when I come home from practice and I'd be like about to make breakfast and it's just kind of like everything just kind of seemed gray. Like every the way like I viewed everything was gray. Everything was basically it was like falling into a pit of despair. It's kind of what it felt like, even though it's very like seems dramatic, but that's kind of what it was like. And like don't care. Like everything is like everything's gonna go wrong. It's like if you have the devil and the angel on your shoulder that were talking, it's like angel wasn't even there. It's just like this guy's talking and everything he was saying is right. It's kind of a bad way to describe it. But basically every negative thought that goes into your head was just like worse. And normally like this is what I was thinking, like came to the realization that like there's a difference between mental toughness and mental health. Like mental toughness is your ability to bounce back uh, when you're in a difficult situation. And mental health is like if you have like bad an example like bad mental health is not being able to give a damn when you need to and like you know that you should it's like i just don't care about practice like uh like there was a couple of times like wasn't taking care i had no desire to take care of myself really it's like like if i had an extra drink or two before uh at night and i knew i had morning practice like no, those two don't mix those that's not how you want to go train for an elite championship level world-class event to go do that and it's like I ain't I ain't care. It's like it's like there's not a meet. It's like it's like like if I stayed up late, if I stayed up to midnight, one o'clock and had to get up at five or six, like those two don't pair well for great training. It's like I didn't I didn't care. And so like I started putting all those things together and I was like, this freaking sucks. And there's no part of it that was fun. And again, kind of going back to like how I took trials, it was like people were like, How you doing? I'm like, this freaking sucks. Like I'm not okay. Like I hate this, 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 and this for these reasons, and this is why it sucks. And I can't deal with them because I'm in purgatory right now. So I'm waiting for things. And even like once they came out with adding the new worlds, it's like still took a little bit. I'm like even now, it's like so like worried. Like it comes and goes with different days. It's like so now it's like every day I'm at least like more cognizant and like aware of my mental health and like how I'm doing and like a little bit not fearful but worried i guess that tomorrow like today might be okay but like tomorrow might not be harding spoke to a psychologist and a psychiatrist during that downtime and found that journaling was a treatment method which allowed his mind to slow not to a halt but to manageable chaos if you feel like you could use that kind of assistance clearing your own mental fog today's sponsor is perfect for you the stories I've told thus far on Closer Mentality have been the vulnerabilities of elite athletes. But what happens before they're comfortable speaking about some of the most difficult times in their lives, so publicly? Nearly all of them have utilized either a sports psychologist or a therapist. Now, I'm bringing the option to you, the listeners. If you've ever listened to a Closer Mentality episode and thought, I feel exactly the same way, I'm working with BetterHelp to bring online therapy to your phone and computer. BetterHelp offers video, phone, and live chat options, and you can speak to a licensed therapist in less than 48 hours. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. BetterHelp has more than 20,000 licensed therapists around the country, and you have access to them at any time. 
You can get thoughtful messages from your therapist, and if you aren't happy, it's free to change providers. If you're worried about the cost of traditional talk therapy, BetterHelp also plans for that. They offer financial aid if funding is the only thing standing between you and getting the help that you need. Join the over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. I have a special offer for all Closer Mentality listeners. You can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com forward slash Closer Mentality. That's betterhelp.com forward slash Closer Mentality. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. The link is also in the show notes. Now, let's get back to the episode. Beforehand, I was like, mental health, like, it's the decision, like, stop being sad. It's like, he's fine. It's not that big of a deal. And like, now I'm like, "Mm, there's a difference um, between the two. It's not bad to go get help. Um, but Michael Phelps is really famous for a lot of reasons, but one of the quotes that he's got on mental health is, uh, it's okay to not be okay. And one of the things I, when I first heard that years ago, before I had had any problems with this was, I was like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And I was like, it is not okay to not be okay. Like we should want to be okay. Like, if you're not okay, you should just try and be okay. Like, this is kind of what I'm thinking at like 18, 20 years old. And I've gone through this in the past couple of months, actually while I was talking to our sports psych, and I was like, that's not what he meant. He meant it's okay for people to not be okay. But I'm, I then I, I added on, I was like, while I was figuring this out, having my epiphany, I'm like, it's okay for people to not be okay. That That should be like normalized. But I think, and this is me adding on, is... It's not okay for somebody to be okay with themselves not being okay. It was armed with that renewed mindset that Harding entered 2021's Olympic trials. Coaches would be like, you ready? You good? And I'm like, mm-mm, super nervous right now. Like, it's a pretty big deal. Like, 20 minutes from now, my life could change. Um, one way or the other, like, it's pretty wild. And they're like, you're fine. You got this. And it's so, like leaning on teammates and coaches, massage, uh, our uh, director of ops like anyone who was there and asked me i was like oh no i'm fine but five minutes ago i was like freaking out so um yeah i think honesty there was the easiest thing because then it's like they didn't know what to say if i didn't tell them that i was nervous as hell like it's a really big pressure moment and like i had a really good shot i was of winning and going um sort of my training partner so it was like very weird sort of like day that's actually two days so like it was a long two days and like people don't know how to help you or like talk to you if you're like yeah i'm fine it's like i'm not fine so i think honesty was was what we used there back in nebraska night four gave harding what he came for he won gold in the 200 meter fly with a time of 155.06 five seconds behind his personal best this is one of the only times i knew i was going to win in a heat like that before I even dove in and I was like, there's a lot of good people in that heat. And I'm like, it could take a 154. I'm like thinking to myself, like, I might have to go best time to do this. And I was like, I was told I was gonna win. So it doesn't matter what everybody else goes cause I'll be the fastest. So like, I don't, it's a very weird situation, very weird mind place for me to be in. Um, 
But then I dove in and I touched. And if you watch the video, when I touched, it's not a look of surprise like, like you'd normally see. It was like I checked to make sure that I won. Just you don't you don't want to celebrate and be like third. Third's the worst place to be at trials because top two go. Um, but yeah, so I was like I checked and made sure, and then and then got to celebrate that. But there was no look of surprise because I was already anticipating winning, which was very weird place to be. Normally it's like a let's just go race the guy next to us and try and get the handle the ball first. But yeah, that was. And then getting in, I, I got my parents were like right there, and my girlfriend, so I got to go run, run over and and hug them and, and share that with them. So that was that was really exciting. Harding was officially representing the United States at the Olympic Games. He joined the USA swimming roster, touting Katie Ledecky, Caleb Dressel, Allison Schmidt, Ryan Murphy, and Simone Manuel. On the pool deck in Tokyo, Harding continued his 200-meter fly world success. The 23-year-old was second in his heat with a time of 154.92, a personal best with the world watching. A personal best at the Olympics. Yeah, not everybody does that. That was also exciting. One, because that's the first time we broke 155. Um, two, because I think I was seated six or so, so I'm like, we can make the final here. And we swam good enough. We were like metal contention. Um, so again, that's another like vindication thing of like, I made the meet, went fast to do it, and was able to replicate that and go fast overseas again, which is not as easy as uh, some people make it look. So... Yeah, it was, that, was, that was a big moment there, too, because I can say I won the best time at the Olympics. He went on to compete in semifinal one, the sole American to do so, and missed out on the final by four one-hundredths of a second, the equivalent to three inches. He finished the semifinal round in ninth place, out of finals contention. Four one-hundredths, like, I could find that anywhere, and, like, that would be a really easy swim to beat myself up over, but that swim that I went to go to get ninth was not a bad swim. It was just not the swim I needed. When I went the best, I wasn't like trying. I was just like, don't mess up. It's like, you don't need a super fast time to make the semi. You should be able to do that pretty easily. Semis, you need to stop playing around and like, you know, go get the job done. But uh, those two swims were a little bit just swapped. So uh, yeah, ninth kind of was like a little bit of salty taste, but four 100s, I'm not gonna beat myself up over that. All of the anticipation comes down to less than two minutes of sheer competition. Harding has already moved on from that competition, though. He competed in international team trials in April, finishing with a bronze medal in time of 155.09. Unfortunately, only the top two spots qualified for world championships. For the time being, Harding is at home, relaxing and focusing on his life outside of sports. He plans to be back in the pool come June, to begin prep for Paris 2024. The qualifying period for Team USA takes place from November 30th of this year to May 30th, 2024, and Harding intends to see his name on the final list. Compared to 2020's Olympic swim trials, the qualifying time standards are faster for both men and women this year. When Harding and his teammates converge on Indianapolis in June, men hoping to secure an Olympic berth will need to be 1% faster while women will average out to 0.8% faster. In a sport where the difference between winning gold and missing the podium is mere inches, Team USA swimmers have their work cut out for them. You can follow Zach's Olympic journey on Instagram at HardingZ. 
If you'd like to see more from Closer Mentality, give us a follow on Instagram at Closer Mental. If you'd like to watch Zach and I's full interview, the link to Closer Mentality Uncensored's YouTube channel is in the show notes. Thanks so much for listening to episode 68 of Closer Mentality and Zach's Story. As always, I'm your host, Julia Mellett. See you next week.